What were you thinking, son? How could you do that? Really? As parents, we want to know how to take our family to the next level. Where our children choose in to excellence. Where poor behaviors melt away naturally. And where our connection to each other is rich and beautiful. We are Kent and Amy Bowler, and our purpose is to help you achieve just that. This is where joy lives. Welcome to Revolutionary Families. A few years ago, our son came to us, and actually we heard a scream. As he was putting his contacts on, he was screaming, and I go running downstairs to see what he's screaming about, and he said, there's something wrong with this contact solution. Every time he puts his contact in, it's just burning and burning, and it didn't do this yesterday. Oh my goodness. So we spend all this time trying to figure out what is going on, what's wrong with this contact. We are trying to flush it with the contact solution, trying to help him because of course he's got to leave and he's got to get the contacts in and we can't figure out what's wrong. I think he actually has to wear glasses that day because he can't he can't like, get the contacts in. Because it's like the contacts are ruined. They're just yeah, burning. Yeah, and maybe you know, maybe they're too old. Something's, something's wrong, but we can't figure it out now. Go ahead and go. And later that day, he comes back home, and we're still trying to figure out. His other brother's trying to help him. They're trying to figure out what is going on. And at some point, they come to me and say, Mom, look at this contact solution. I think something's wrong with it. Like Maybe it's spoiled or something. And I don't know who did it, but somebody tastes it. And it is not contact solution. It's something else. It's kind of sweet. It's something else. They At some point, we figure out that it tastes kind of like mouthwash. And then it's like, well, how could that happen? Like the factory like switched up the mouthwash and the saline solution because this was like a totally full bottle. And when was the last time who opened the bottle? What was going on? Maybe it was like tampered with. And this was a a case of one of those like people who breaks into the grocery store and is trying to poison the world. I mean, we were we were at a loss. We were just all trying to figure out what was going on. And this goes on for several days. The whole family trying to figure out what's going on with the contacts. Obviously, we're not using that contact solution anymore because it's contaminated and it is not contact solution. And feeling so bad for our son who had poured what seems like mouthwash into his eye that has alcohol in it, just horrible. And gradually, I, it was probably one of our sons who's like, I think somebody did this. I think somebody actually did this on purpose to me. Like in our home. In her family. And as parents and siblings, we're like, no, no one's going to do this to you. Like, no one would be that vicious. That's not going to happen. And then, you know, we go through the people in the house. Okay, it's not mom. It's not dad. It's not this child. This child's not even old enough to, like, this child cannot physically open the contact solution. So we rule out the little toddler who maybe wouldn't have understood that saline solution is different than mouthwash. But, you know, we kind of go through all the siblings and we come on to this one brother who's 10 years old. And it's got to be that one. It It has to be. Yeah, it's got to be that one. And we are like, no, no, he wouldn't do that. No, he wouldn't be that vicious. That's so that's like malicious. But Everyone's like, it's got to be him. And, you know, so then we go to him 
and we're you know we're asking him because we're 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 doubting that he would do this but but it seems like but by a process of elimination it, it's got to be him yeah so it's like did did you do this did you did you put this saline this solution did you switch it out and all of this stuff he knows what's been going on the whole family's been in an uproar for several days trying to figure out get to the bottom of it and he's like no no i didn't do that no way i would never do that i didn't even know where the mouthwash is blah 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 all these explanations and we're like okay he didn't do it the brothers are like he did it and he's guilty and you know on and on and this goes round and round has anybody had this experience in their family and we eventually get to the point where we know that it has to be him. And at some point, he confesses. Not, he doesn't come forward, but a very reluctant, yeah. It's I like did. two or three weeks later. It's a long time later. I don't even know how long, but he confesses to us. And that's when we lose it. And those questions that Ken asked at the beginning oh, how could you do that? Oh my goodness. That what? is wrong. You lied to us. What in the world? And what were you thinking? How how could that even enter your mind? Just so flabbergasted and really upset with him and super not happy with with his actions, as you can understand, as would be understandable as parents and older siblings. You can imagine we weren't happy how his older brother, who had been contaminated, felt so that's what we want to talk about today is this situation, because this is just one specific instance that happened in our family. But I think this is at least a weekly occurrence in our families is how do we deal with our kids when they make mistakes? And, and in this case, knowingly, to at least to some degree, knowingly make mistakes and do things wrong, do things mean. This son was 10 years old, so it's not like he's a little kid, but he's not super old. What do we do as parents? We, looking back on this, because this was quite a while ago, um, we didn't handle it very well. No. The way we were accusatory to him and so upset and so full of emotion. All kinds of judgment. Yeah, yeah. Not, not the good way of dealing with this. And so we want to talk about what do we do? What's the right thing to do in this instance so the whole thing of this is that there's this dichotomy, there's this quandary, there's this hard issue that we feel as parents, because as parents, our predominant duty is to raise our children. It's to correct, it's to teach. And we all feel that, we know that, we get it, right? Our job as parents is to be the parents. Right. We don't want them to turn out to be... Abject failures. Exactly. We, we want them to be great people. Beautiful people, amazing adults, responsible, great character. And so these things come up, and we've been teaching our children, right? Our child knew that lying was wrong and that harming our, your other, other people is wrong, right? And so how could he do that? And so, so there's this righteous indignation. We taught them. They know better, and they failed, <laughs> right? And so, yeah, now it's the wrath of the parents coming down upon the child. What's Because wrong if we you? don't... How are they ever going to learn? Right. How I mean, will they ever learn? The, and and then they're going to go their whole life doing these kinds of devious things. And before you know, they're in prison. Right. <laughs> Several years after that happened, we came across this quote from Haim Gannat, one of our all-time favorites. And he says, in criticism, parents attack children's personality attributes and their character. So what is criticism? Yeah. And in this story where we 
criticizing our child. Were we? Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. And I, we looked at the definition of criticism, the expression of disapproval or disappointment based on perceived mistakes or faults. So we had a very huge perceived mistake that he made, and we expressed grievous disapproval in his actions. Heimgenot goes on to say, parental criticism is unhelpful. Children who are regularly criticized learn to condemn themselves and others. Yikes. So therein is the quandary, right? That we are responsible for teaching our children and helping them to grow up to be these amazing people. And yet when they make mistakes, how do we give them correction? Can we do that without criticism? Yeah. And how do we guide them? How do we help them to learn and to improve? We don't want the 10-year-old, the 12-year-old, the 5-year-old, wherever they are in their growth and development, we don't want them to stay there. We want them to learn and grow. And we want them to become adults who continue to learn and grow. We all are making mistakes and hopefully learning and growing, but we don't want it to be the end of it and just really leave it alone. We don't want to be negligent. And I think all of us feel that strongly that we don't want to just ignore bad things. We know that's not right either. And so when these difficult things happen, how do we, how's the best way to help our child? So we want to share with you at a summary level what that looks like. But before we go there, one of the things that we thought about as we were thinking about these quotes from Haim Ganad is that one of the litmus tests that we can use to check our own families to see if we as parents are using criticism is to see if our children are using criticism with each other. So what Haim Ganad said is that criticism is unhelpful and that children who are regularly criticized learn to condemn themselves, which we have seen in our children too, but then they also learn to condemn others. Yeah. Right, and so if we see our children criticizing each other, then we know that we've been using that ourselves. We've been modeling that somewhere. Yeah. And it's, it's a good reminder that, that we need to change the way that we parent. Yeah. And when we're using that word criticism, it's the negative. When you think about times when you've been criticized, you didn't ask for it, you didn't solicit, but you, someone's coming at you. You think of a parent saying those kinds of things like, what were you thinking? How could you run out of gas? How could you, how could you crash into another person's car? It's criticism with condemnation. That's yeah. the definition of criticism that we're, that we're taking. And so we want to go through the how we wish it had ended. <laughs> You've seen those YouTube, how it could have ended. How it should have ended. How it should have ended. This is how it should have ended. <laughs> so right, he came in and said, I did it. We should have responded with, thank you, son, for telling us about that. Thank you for coming forward. That must have been really hard with all this commotion and all the pressure and all the angst that came out of it. That must have been really hard. Thank you for sharing that. That was good. Yeah. And we'll talk later tonight or we'll talk tomorrow or at a later time about what can be done to make it right. And we do that on purpose so that we can then have a chance to manage our own emotions. Yeah. So that we can put ourselves in a good place so that we can have a conversation with him at that later point, later that evening without that condemnation, without that negativity. Right, because, I mean, those kinds of things are shocking. And we recognize that. We've been there. That's why we condemned him to begin with, because we were like, what? You lied? 
that takes so much practice and so much self-discipline to just be neutral when they tell us those things that are so surprising and shocking and upsetting. To just be neutral and say, okay, we're going to talk about it a little bit later. I've got something else going on. You can always say you've got something else going on. Right, you're a parent. Right. Just pause. You don't have to have that discussion right now. This is not an emergency. The damage has already happened. It's very rare that it's an emergency. So pause. And then on your own, you are working on yourself. You're you're going through the steps that we've talked about before. You're remembering that vision that you have of that child. Who is he? Who does he have the potential to be in the future? Who does God see him as? And really getting a strong vision of that and then remembering that he is still practicing. He is a toddler 10-year-old. He's never been a 10-year-old before. And he is trying to get approval from his older brother. You know, try to understand his perspective. Right. As we thought about this in this scenario, the thought came to us that, you know what? He totally looks up to his big brothers and they're super cool and they do pranks and fun things that are just awesome. And, you know, I want to do something like that so I can be cool. You know, and so maybe he was just trying to do some kind of a prank. And in his 10-year-old mind, he thought that would be epic and fun right. and that it would turn out some other way, not this terrible pain right. burning in the eyeball, right? And so he just thought, oh, well, they'll open up and see the green and say, ooh, what was that? Whoa, you know, whatever. Just, yeah, we don't know what was there in his head. Yeah. But yeah, so we, so we love them. Anyway, we love that child regardless and recognize that they're still practicing. Yeah, and we work to see, okay, this, he's made some poor choices here. But he's not this horrible person. Take some time to think about, maybe even write down some good things that you know he is doing right now. The number one parenting secret that you can download on our webpage, revolutionaryfamilies.com, is a great tool for that. Yeah, yeah, seeing that good. And that's a super good way for us to get in this good place so that at a later time, we can then get together with them and do the teaching and do the correcting and the guiding. And that's what Haim Gannat says that later after he's talking about criticism, he says, in guidance, we state the problem and a possible solution. And that's where we want to be. So then the later time, maybe it's not the same day because we need a few days. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. It's okay to, to take a few days for us personally as parents to work through this. So they come back later. So he comes back and we have this conversation with him and we talk about the situation. We talk about who was hurt, what was the damage that was done, and have a real conversation helping him to understand that it really hurt his brother. And how would his brother feel, not only physically with his eyes, but also hurt by knowing that his younger brother did this to him and helping the child to come to that place where they hopefully feel some empathy for someone else. That's what we want to get. We want to teach our child. We want their heart to change and to feel that love and understanding for somebody else and for the way, the best way that they should act in the future. And so not doing it in a condemnation, but we can correct and guide in that one-on-one situation. We come back later and then we teach principles and we teach them to the whole family after the fact. And so we're just going to teach principles and we're going to go through role plays of other things that we can do and and make sure that as a family, we all understand that. And it's helping our kids who are younger than the 10-year-old to see those things going forward, right? So it's proactive and preventative and and we're helping them to be aware 
of how we work as humans and how we interact and what are good boundaries. One of the cool things about when our children make mistakes is that it's a chance for us to see, okay, this is something that they don't understand. This is a signal to us that something is missing. We haven't taught them or they haven't received it or they don't completely understand what it means. And so it's, it's a chance for us to know what we need to teach and how we can help this specific child. Right. So it's an opportunity for us to take note of what we need to add to our repertoire as parents when we're teaching them later. Yeah. This is such a big concept and we could write books about this and talk for hours and hours on this and bring in lots of experts. Today, we want our call to action to be simple. When your child makes a mistake, just take a moment and pause. Take a moment and pause and say, hey, can we talk about this later? And then just see what you can do to manage your emotions. And then the next thing is to think about how you can guide and correct them with love and find time to do that at a later point. So really we are working on changing our mindset and our actions to go from criticism with condemnation to correction with love. Yeah, we love who you are as parents and we know it's so hard. We we still blow this. I mean, when we still make mistakes <laughs> with this, it's 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 hard to not be judgmental and to not have that disappointment and to be able to hold that calm yeah. and just say thank you for telling me and let's talk about this a little bit later when I have a moment to come back and talk to you. Yeah, and go to our webpage, revolutionaryfamilies.com and use that tool to help you in those moments, to help you get back to a place where you can see their good because we need help in those times. And if you found this episode to be helpful, share it with some of your friends and tell them what you liked about it. And don't forget to trust that God trusts you.